you guys gotta shut up for me to do this. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hip Factor. We have the original cast back today: Jason Bradley, Jared Fox, Jeremy Reed, Jeff Coffin. Uh, I think we had a couple of topics. Uh, a couple of us had interesting things to talk about, and a couple of us had not interesting things to talk about. So we're going to talk about all of them. Uh, who wants to go first? What are we talking about? Jeremy hasn't been on forever. I think he should go first. Go, Jeremy. Uh, hi, my name's Jeremy. It's been a while since I've, I've spoken to everybody. But, <laughs> man, this year has been, like, the year of... This has been, like, the most distracted I've been for, like, a shooting season ever. Uh, so that's been that's been interesting. Which you would have thought the first year I had a kid, would that would have been, like, the most distracted. But that first year, like, like the wife kind of takes care of stuff because you can't do it. Like, you can't really feed them and stuff. So they now the kid's going everywhere, and it, it's just way more distracting. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so... The last time I was on with Jeff, we were kind of talking about training and stuff like that. And I had, I kind of told Jeff before, at the end of that, uh, kind of what I had, a, I had kind of a thought. And that's, you know, you see people come into this sport and they get, like, really good really fast. Like, they get to, like, an elite level in three to five years uh, and, and are maybe winning a nationals or at least, like, they're in, like, the top 95% at nationals uh, and that sort of thing. And I'm in, I don't know, I'm kind of in around year 10-ish, ish, somewhere around in there. I think I think a, a timeline deal popped up in my timeline. I think it's nine years since my first major. Um, but so this idea is like, okay, if somebody like that can start the sport and get really good in a few years, then why can't I basically act like I'm starting over and – get really good really fast surely i've got enough experience enough know about i know enough about the sport that my learning curve from that standpoint learning how to shoot how to shoot stages how to like that i know enough about that surely that my learning curve on that will be short enough that if i can just take that that mental approach of just starting over so that's what i've done so i've basically just said okay i'm starting over from scratch uh and and i am and so like that was probably about two weeks ago. Um, so just practices, I started with really simple practice sessions. Uh, and they're kind of progressing more into, haven't quite got into stages and practices yet. Um, uh, but started out with, you know, doubles and just quick, like last, last practice session was just three targets and shot it at 10, 15, 25 yards, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, and it's, it's kind of an interesting experiment in it because it's really a challenge of how good a teacher can I be? And at the same time, how good of a student can I be? Uh, Cause it's really like you, like you really have to be both. Um, you have to give good advice as a teacher, like, Hey, you need to be doing this. Uh, but then as a student, it's like, okay, your teacher is telling you, okay, you need to make sure you're dry firing multiple times a day. Even if it's for short sessions, try to do at least two 10 minute sessions a day. Uh, and then really paying attention when you're, um, like when you're going to, to practice, like what are you actually needing to focus on? Um, which for me right now, like, so I think if I was going to start somebody new, I would really want to just hammer in great trigger control. Like if, if somebody can get to where they can have great trigger control and that's automatic, like they're not moving the gun with the finger with their, when they press it and that sort of stuff, um, man, that is a huge leg up on this game because then it just, then the game becomes visual. Uh, and once the game becomes visual, then then you can really start hammering speed and that sort of stuff. So right now, my whole focus is is just trigger press, and that's it's an interesting process from the standpoint of I'll be shooting something in practice and I'll get mad about a result. I'll have have a miss or it's or it's too slow or something like that, and and I'm figuring out that, and so then I'll I'll become more results focused in what I do, and it's like my my time goes down or my hits go to go to crap or something like that. It's like, okay, quit trying to be fast and just try to execute the fundamentals as fast as possible. And whenever I take that fundamental approach, uh, things are, things get way better. So it's, it's kind of helped me from, from that standpoint of just a, a restart and try to refocus, um, 
on that. The interesting thing is I am leaving for vacation for like a 10 day vacation on Friday. And then I get back and area three is like four days after I get back. Uh, so it's, I'm treating it's it's basically my first match of the year, but I'm kind of trying to treat it as the like the first match I ever shot. Um, so that'll be interesting as far as like what advice would you give? So okay, so that'll be my question then to the panel. Uh, what advice would you give to somebody if they're shooting their very first match? And this may be kind of uh, prescient for some listeners. Hopefully, if we got one of our one of our three maybe is a new shooter and hasn't hasn't shot any major yet. So what advice would you give somebody shooting their, like what would you want their mental approach to be at their first match? I'll go first. Well, if you're talking a brand new shooter, the, the given advice I think is for them to focus on being safe and not really, there's so much going on your very first match that their, their biggest focus should be knowing where the muzzle of that gun is at all times. Cause it's really easy for a new shooter to do something stupid. So instead, I'm going to answer this more from the standpoint of somebody who shot, I don't know, four or five matches have kind of figured that part out, and now they want to kind of jump in, jump in a little more serious. Okay, and, okay, I'm sorry, but did y'all just see what Jason just did? What he I, just no. dug, he just dug leftovers out from between his teeth and then put it back in his mouth and eating it again. No, I don't know, is, that, is that dessert or what did you what did you just pull out? I just stuck my finger in my in my mouth, but I didn't pull anything out and stick it back in. That, that's not what about? it. That's not what it looked like from this no. end. It looked like that's you not stuck what it happened. back in and started chewing on it. No, I'm there's I fucking got something sticking in my t- teeth, and I wish I had a fucking toothpick. But no, I didn't pull anything out because I can't get to it because I don't have a toothpick. But thank you for sharing, Jeremy. Um, but no, I didn't stick it back I in my mouth. Let that slide. Come on. Okay. okay. Uh, anyways, back to the. Question. So I'm going to answer this more from the standpoint of maybe someone who shot, you know, four or five, yeah, six let's matches. Let's assume they're safe with the gun. And they've shot a couple. They kind of get the game. They decide they want to really participate. So I think the, the biggest advice I would give that I don't think very many people do is I would get in a class early on and get the right start to training. Whether it be take a class with you know any of the top trainers out there, just pick someone that you can fit into a schedule and get a class early on and have someone that knows what they're doing help guide you early on. I think it'll save you a lot of unlearning bad mistakes and get you going in the right direction early on. Jeff, when are you teaching classes? Mm. On his website. I gotta find I gotta find the right student. <laughs> You're definitely, this is probably the wrong spot to look. <laughs> All right, I'm going to answer the question. So the question was, uh, what would you tell a young shooter about, uh, not necessarily young, young to the sport shooter that's about to shoot their first major, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah their first major. And let's, like, let's, yeah, let's assume that they, like, their gun handling and stuff, like, they've been, they've been at least training enough. Their gun handling's fine. They're not really that worried about the 180. Although at area three, you probably should be worried about the 180. Yeah. So I I probably wouldn't even talk to that person like about competition so much. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would just tell them, you know, it's a bigger match. There's going to be a bit more pressure. Like I would just focus on get the gun out, shoot the stuff and do that all day. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like first major, you should just be looking to finish it and get it under your belt and start looking at the next one. Like nobody's, I don't think anybody's uh, really looking to turn heads when they come up to their first major. But I think if you pull the gun out, shoot the stuff, that you have a good chance of doing that. So, yeah. You know, your your last part there though, didn't write something important. Uh, you're taking kind of a mental approach and pull your gun out and shoot the stuff. I think it is, uh, if someone is getting ready for their first major, it's important to know that you can hit every shot you're going to see. Yeah. And that, that's a big, like, mental boost is when you know if it's a 20 yard parcel, you know you can hit the target. Or if it's a 30 yard open target, knowing that you can hit it. 
regard without a time constraint, knowing that you can hit every target you're going to see. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Jason, any advice for first-time major shooter? Uh, grip it and rip it. I mean, I like rip that. It, it. No, um, seriously, I would probably just say um, suspend, uh, relax, try to have a good time, and try to suspend all expectations of dominating the match. And so come at it from a realistic standpoint that, you know, um, you're there to have a good time. You're there to shoot well and have and have fun and be safe. But um, try to suspend any unrealistic expectations. Um, and they probably they, there's a good chance they could be surprised on how well they end up doing when they take a lot of the pressure off of, you know, they gotta go super fast or, you know, and just try to try to stay um, try to keep the adrenaline from spiking so much it crashes you. Yeah. Yeah, so I so my my approach to this, which is, I mean, I think this is kind of similar to what I would what I would tell somebody, assuming that they've done some training, they're not just like two weeks new to the sport and shooting their first major. Hopefully, they've, you know, a lot of people will sh- like like they'll shoot for like a year and then they'll shoot a major. Most like a lot that's pretty typical, I think. Um, but uh, my approach to this match is is first like. Try to have try to enjoy it as much as possible. Uh, so, luckily, Jeff's gonna be there, so we're gonna tear the town apart. It's gonna be fun. Uh, probably, mm-hmm. probably won't be, but uh, we'll watch. We'll watch Sasquatch and Hopkins tear everything up. But uh, so, try to have fun. Accept mistakes. Like, like just accept going in. Like, like. Mics are gonna happen. Mistakes are gonna happen. You're gonna miss some reloads. You're gonna fumble some stuff. Uh, and don't like, don't let that eat you up. Don't let that one. If it's in the middle of a stage, don't try not to like just throw away the rest of the stage because something bad happened. Uh, and at the same time, if something ha- bad happens on your first stage, don't let it roll over into the next one. Just say, hey, mistakes happen. It's my first major. Whatever. Like no big deal. Um, and then. My other thing is actually, I mean, when Jason said grip it and rip it, that's actually a little bit of my advice is is go for it. Like, don't try to, like, I I would re- highly recommend people don't go into it with the mindset of I'm going to try to avoid mistakes. Um, I, I think that, I think that, and I that's my advice for people like starting the sport, get fast. Like, like try to always be trying, don't just, don't just, be dumb about it just just running around going crazy try, be trying to execute the fundamentals but be fast uh i think the hardest thing in this sport is to be fast enough to to be able to compete with the the guys at the top of their time and and i would start from day one of of being fast and and let let everything else catch up so that's that's going to be a little bit my philosophy going into this is hey i may i may crash and burn quite a bit uh highly likely and jeff's sitting there ready to pounce take the Mm -hmm. take the single stack title we are both shooting major for this match which major at area three is it's so bad like i i'm already i'm already regretting it uh but we're both gonna shoot major so that'll be fun um but it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it how it plays out i fully expect jeff to do quite well me too So yeah, so that's my experiment for the year. Is I'm I'm basically trying to just start over. Uh, it's kind of a good year to do it. There's really no heck. I've got like a three month shooting season. It's I won't mm-hmm. shoot my first match in August and last nationals is in October. So pretty pretty short season this year. How much have you shot? Um, I don't know round count. I I'd have to I'd have to go back and look. Um. I'm probably only at like 15 for the year, so not not terrible a lot. Uh, but I reckon I'll probably between area three and single stack nationals, I'll hit it pretty darn hard because that's like a month away, five weeks after that, I think. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably have a pretty big training week, like two weeks outside of out before single stack nationals, like a thousand rounds a day type type training week. 
What you should come out, Jeff. Okay. For like a day. <laughs> I don't have that many bullets. <laughs> you, get, you should get some more bullets. Just shoot Jeremy's ammo. It's cool. <laughs> get some. Get a few more bullets. You don't have to shoot all that much. You could shoot five hundred in two to, over two days. Right. I could let you run the drill twice, and then I'll run it. Exactly. You do it twice, and then I'll run. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. What's the next topic? Who's got what? I think it's Jason's turn. Uh, no. It's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Jason's really busy watching porn. He doesn't realize we can all see it in his glasses. <laughs> Spectacle. Don't tell him it's what kind of what, what the genre is. Please keep that. It, it, re- it reminds me a lot of his shooting, though. Instead of being burr, it's more like bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, Man, I so, missed you guys. <laughs> uh, so lately, uh, I would say like the last week or so, last week and a half, my training has uh, kind of come back to where, you know, I'll, I'll pick something and I'll work on it for like a week or so, then see where it's at the next match and then pick something else. And lately, I would say transitions have probably been my my biggest error, especially when they're really wide transitions and stuff, bad about overswinging targets. So I've kind of been hitting that. And then our last match, we had a few targets that were probably, I don't know, 20, 25 yard targets and just wasn't nearly as fast or aggressive as I should have been on them. So like yesterday, actually, I went out and practiced with uh, Hopkins and we shot a lot on designated target. And pretty much used it to basically work both. We shot it pretty close with wide transitions first, then kind of adjusted around and put uh, varying difficulties of targets and distance in there and shot it again. For those that don't know that drill, can you describe what the the drill designated target is? Yeah, so basically your designated target is the target you're going to draw to and start the drill on. And then I don't know if there's a set number of targets you're supposed to have. I think we had seven targets out. But essentially, you draw to one target, and then you, you'll – so say you have three targets. You'll draw to the you, – you pick the middle target. You'll draw to it. You'll transition to the right target, shoot two on it, transition back to the middle target, shoot two on it, and then transition to the left and shoot two on it. And if you had more targets, you would just – you'd essentially work in an order. You pick an order, but after each target you shoot, you always transition back to the designated target. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes cool. sense. It was a, it's an interesting drill. That's actually the first time I've shot it, and I found it good. It definitely brought out errors really fast on overswinging wide transitions. Yeah. So how did it, I mean, other than make you conscious of the errors, how did it fix the error? Just you, you were, it made you conscious of it, so then you were able to fix it, or? It essentially forced you to make the error, so that then you could focus on not making the error. And, on like a really wide transition, um, for me, whenever I would overswing a target, it was generally one of two things. Either one, my eyes were nowhere near where they should have been, or more often than not, it was just muscling the gun too hard to the target. And you know, you'd overswing it, you'd you'd swing right past the A zone and be in the D zone instead. So it was, you know, it adds the pressure, and then you do need to calm down and move the gun precisely. So it, it I, I want to say it's more beneficial in showing you the error and give you a chance to work on it. It's not necessarily, it's not going to fix the issue. It gives you a chance to fix it, but it's not going to fix, you're not going to shoot it 10 times and be like, oh, that issue's fixed, I'll move on. Yeah. So do you, like, do you move the targets, other than designated target, like, do you, do you shoot like you said you had what five or seven of them up? You had them all up. Then did you yeah. did you shoot it like three or four times and then kind of move the target's position, yeah, or did cool. you feel like it was there was enough that you could you weren't really yeah. getting so, muscle memory? So basically, we we put up one setup and had a couple steel plates as well, and shot it uh, probably three or four times, and you would you would essentially shoot like you'd pick a designated target. 
and then then we just pick a different designated target. So the target array stays the same, but it it completely changes what you're doing because you're starting on a different target. And then after a couple of runs of that, then we moved some targets around, took out the steel, uh, shot it, you know, a handful more times, like same thing. And obviously we were both, uh, the bulk of our trouble on that was on the super wide transitions. So after, so for a couple of times, we basically did it with just the wide transitions and changed it around a little bit. So targets got moved three times, I think, and probably 400 rounds or so, but we never shot the same thing more than two or three times. Yeah. So it sounds like this this drill is also a pretty good opportunity to work on visualization before you because it's it's so random like where you're yes. doing and you almost you have like you have to memorize okay I'm going to target two then four then five then four then one then four then seven then four. Uh, and all so the visualization, the hardest thing for 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 me was whenever you shoot your last target, you're supposed to transition back to the designated target for the last two shots. Mm-hmm. I probably like, almost forgot to do that at least two or three times. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that sounds like that'd be a great drill for a, a new shooter. Uh, somebody who's like me is is brand new to the sport and they're trying to get good. And it would, like, it's an easy setup. You don't have to move, but it forces you to start thinking about, I'm going to this target, to this target, to this target, to this target. And I, I think it's, I think, uh, Wanza came up with the drill, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I think I think I heard Ben talking about it, that it was a Juanchik drill. Because isn't, isn't Juanchik's original drill, it's like a 24-round uh, thing? I think most of our runs were, at least in the 20s, like I had to reload for production, uh, even filling my mags up to 17 rounds. But yeah, uh, sitting there thinking like 24 rounds, like I'm done in like six runs, and that's my entire practice session. The other, the other side of it, though, if you think of it, when you could put varying difficulties of targets. So, you know, you can essentially, you can get draws on a 20-yard partial or a 10-yard partial. You can get transitions to a 20-yard target from a fast burner target. I mean, there's there's a lot going on to work there, and it's a relatively simple setup. Yeah. No, I like it. Uh, I may I may mess with that. I'm going to shoot a couple times before I leave, so I may I may mess with that. That'll be a good one for my new carry gun that I can work on just simple draws and stuff like that from my carry gun, and I can set that drill up. That'll be a good work multiple skills at the same time. Yeah. Jeff, what you been up to? Um, Practice-wise? Is that what yeah. you're about? Shooting. Uh, okay, so... I can't really do it in dry fire, or I can. I just don't have a lot of room uh, to practice what I've been wanting to practice at the range. But at the range, I'm basically practicing moving without reloading. Not really something I do a lot of. Oh, uh, yeah. But my movement just looks really crappy. Like if you went and uh, watched my video from the Oklahoma sectional, it's just like pretty god awful. Uh, so that's I've just been practicing moving like I'm shooting high cap. I just move, keep the gun up, move, shoot again. I'm just I'm gonna practice moving without reloading, and then reincorporate the reload later. So what like what did you see in your video that you're like, oh, this is terrible? Just like prioritizing the the reload or trying to get the mag in the gun and, and not getting my feet going. So, so you, you feel like you're basically just standing there to do the load well, and then moving. I'm not really standing there. I'm just like kind of leaning and there's just no, uh, there's no energy being put into yeah. moving, get, getting my ass in the gear. So, that, uh, yeah. That brings me a good question for, for you guys. What do you, what do you, you both shoot low cap as well. I feel like there's kind of, Two trains of thought, and it depends on like what the movement is, is whether reloading is the most important part or moving is. And a lot of times, you know, you get stuff where you have like one or two steps. And in that situation, like the reload is far more important because, you know, the stuff essentially where with a high cap gun, you're basically just straight transitioning to the next target where we've got to reload. And then other times where you have a lot of movement or something, 
then obviously the movement becomes far more important than the reload there. Yeah, so I'm a little bit countercultural to what to what people are countercultural is not the right, but to the the modern way of thinking is that is that you start moving hard and then reload somewhere. Um, you know, that's that's kind of the modern way of thinking. Man, when I first got into the sport, uh, we we looked at that stuff a lot. Uh, me and Kale Garrettson, and and we we figured out for us that if you can get that reload done early, then the transition transition time between the movements was consistently better if you got that reload done early. Um, that's that's not the the modern way of thinking, um, but the reason why I still kind of and I and I and I and I want to I want to qualify this after this, but the reason why I still kind of do that is that I see a lot of people they wait till they're almost about they're getting the gun up and coming into the last position and then they're wanting to put the mag in. That's cool as long as you don't miss that load, because if you wait until the very last deal to put the mag in and then you miss that load, then you're just then you are for sure just standing there fumbling with a mag and maybe you drop it and then you got to reach for another one or something like that. Um, so a little bit of my thought process on getting the, the chain, the mag change done early is that if I fumble it, I've got room while I'm still moving to fix it. So, uh, yeah. but hold on, hold on one second. Um, I, I will say that I tend to, if it's my first or second pouch, Man, I get that mag out like it's so ingrained in me that I get that mag out and done so fast that I almost can't even think about moving before I do that. But once I start getting to like to my third and fourth pouch, whenever it's harder to get to it, then I almost naturally just prioritize movement because it's because then I'm not worried about trying to get a really trying to grab that mag really fast. Um, if that makes sense, you know. Obviously, Jason and CEO is never going past his first mag anyway, but that's a little bit what I do um, with mine. Now, obviously, the, how the, how you move and that sort of stuff is is different. But you got a question, so, there, Jared? Well, so you know, were you talking, you know, sticking the mag when you get to the end? Like, I mean, I guess that's kind of to me that's kind of a third load that I'm thinking of that you don't see a lot with low cap. You know, I will normally only do that if I have like a lot of movement, like 15, 20 yards, like going down range or something where getting up to speed is like important right now, get going. Or if you're coming back quite a ways or something. Uh, but otherwise, more what I was referring to was, you know, you know, when you have to take basically like one short sidestep around a wall or barricade or whatever, you know, on that situation, like the reload is the most important part to me because I want the gun ready to shoot as soon as I get there. Yeah. Well, and it's such a short amount of time to do it compared to say you have five yards of movement. Like I don't really focus on the whole reload needs to be done. The first step stuff. It's, it just needs to be done before I get there. Yeah. So getting moving is more important, but yeah, yeah. You know, actually me and uh, Hopkins were talking about that the other day, just like the, you know, he's been around for quite a while as well. And just how much, stuff has come first uh, full circle or changed thoughts. You know, he was, he was actually mentioning that where like when he came in, it was Mac, Mac has to be in the gun one step, one step for the reload. And now you see a lot more people being like, okay, the movement is more important. He had some interesting thoughts on that. We should have Monty going to talk to him about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I think it's, it's still that, whatever you figure out is most efficient for you to get from point A to point B and have BBs in the gun. Um, and I, and I think that's something that you need to, like, that's something that people need to practice. Like they need to look at, like they need to, it's something they need to think about in practice and in dry fire, put a part time on it, that sort of stuff and see which okay. one is, is best and then train it. Because, because sometimes for me, it's just a matter of, I want, I want to prioritize movement, and it's so ingrained to me that that I'm going to get that mag change done really fast that I I start to move and then I'm like, well, crap, I've already done the mag change. Did I did I move hard or did I wait? Like it's like I don't know. Like when you're like shooting an actual stage in a match, uh, sometimes sometimes you just well, instinct takes over. 
Yeah, well, and like part of what I was meaning too is depending how much the movement is, the speed becomes less or more important. Like I said, when it's when you're talking like moving downrange, like fifteen or twenty yards, obviously you're gonna get moving pretty quick. So getting going becomes far more important than when you're moving two or three yards. It's your movement speed between those two arrays is gonna be whether or not the gun is ready to fire when you get there. Yeah, and I will say, that, I mean, to just to, just to counter the emphasize that we got to emphasize the movement um just to, like just to counter that once you and the reason why the the emphasis was get the get the reload done in the first step is your body isn't moving and bouncing a whole lot in that first step and so it's easier to make a consistent load at that point if you do prioritize the movement and i'm not saying you shouldn't do this but it's something to be aware of if you do prioritize the movement and you're trying to move hard and you're trying to reload at the same time it's going to be harder to make the reload and you're probably not moving as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's a little bit the philosophy in trying to get the reload done first is that it's a little bit easier load and then you will actually move harder on a longer run than if you're trying to stuff a mag into it somewhere. Um, and, and I'm not saying that, that, that's, the, that that's the fastest way, um, but I, that is the, that's the thought process behind it. Yeah. So, you know, talking on reloads, more like, for me, in dry fire, like, I'll basically work reloads in three different ways. Like, I will work on standing reloads, and that is purely the the entire function of the reload is, you know, standing there and loading the gun and doing it correctly. And then I'll also work on doing reloads with one step, and I'll do it in various directions as well as, you know, crossing your feet over, stepping to simulate longer movements or really short stuff. And then I'll do drills with reloads where the reload is just kind of there to happen. And it's not a function of the drill. Yeah. Yeah, I try to, I try to, I do, I mean, obviously being single stack reloads are pretty, gun handling is pretty paramount to shooting well in single stack. And so reloads for me are, I work them every which way possible from every, I usually don't get to the fifth or sixth pouch, but I work back to the fourth pouch. Are reloads that important though? I mean, all your competition—they're like looking at the magwell through their bifocals. So, is it that important? I mean, when you—not real. I mean, that's what Jeff does. <laughs> like, I think I feel. Like, does Jeff still have his mag in? Like, something I heard saw someone that had their mags like backwards. Is that you still doing that, Jeff? Yeah, both backwards. <laughs> hey, whatever works for you. Yeah, yeah, the cocaine grip, man. It's, it's it's better ergonomics, right? Because you could just, right. just stick it in like this. That's, that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. Boomer, what is new in your world? Uh, I'm kind of working on some stuff that's kind of similar in, in the theory or the thought process uh, as far as it, uh, in my mind. So uh, look out. But... You know, as far as the reloading goes, uh, I'd ask the question to Jeremy. Um, you're saying you like to kind of get it done in the first step or two because you're not really like you're kind of more in, you're in control. It's easier to get that done, and then you can maybe tear through it um, to the position, and then you want to be ready to shoot as uh, as soon as you can. But what about running full speed? Just I mean, from you know, dumping the mag, running full speed, and not really trying to get, and this is also dependent on how far you got to go. Uh, but assuming it's over four steps and our, you know, whatever the rule is. Um, you, so you're moving, you're initially, you're starting out, you're moving as fast as you can. And then as you're coming into that position, you're kind of finishing up the reload. So it's like, do you slow down? Do you, do you take the time early to do it? Or do you take the time at the end of the movement to do it? Well, again, like, so I think you were watching your videos or whatever, but, uh, but so for me in that one, like when you're slowing down, your body is bouncing pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like, cause you're, you're stomping the ground pretty hard trying to slow your body down. So your, your body's bouncing pretty hard. So it's a, it's a harder moving target versus whenever you're first starting to take off. Mm-hmm. And, and again, if you're, if you're doing that and you're waiting until the very end to do it and you miss that load, then you're, then you're screwed. Um, whereas if yeah. you, if you do it at the, if you do it the first end, then you've got at least a chance to right. pitch that no, mag and grab another one or whatever. And um, I, and I, yeah. And, and I, now that right there, I didn't, you didn't say that earlier. I was listening to you and, and I heard all that, but what I was saying was, is 
when you when you when you kind of initialize the, the reload uh, at, at the beginning of the movement, you're not running as fast. I mean, you're still. It's like you got to take the time and go slow at some point. And and I mean, you're right about at the end, you're kind of bouncing up and down, but you still have to take the time somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's all I was saying is you got to you got to give that time up somewhere. Right. Yeah, and, and, and I, I I agree. Um, and so it's. I like the yeah, idea that whatever you feel comfortable with. Well, I, in my mind, your point about if you drop, if you miff the reload and drop that magazine, you've got more time, and that right there kind of settles the argument for me. That's enough reason right there to kind of maybe go back to more prioritizing the reload first because it's all good until you, you know, oh yeah, you're doing a good job coming in, you're brake stepping, you're slowing down, and you still got a couple of steps before you can shoot the gun anyway. So go ahead and get that that mag seated. Well, if you throw that mag. Now you've got another step or two before you get that new mag in your hand, and you're you're you are now going to be waiting for sure, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, so and, I, yeah, and there's like honestly, it's kind of situational dependent. So let's say you're posted up really hard for for a target, so you got like a twenty yard steal before you're moving. So you're you're rock solid trying to shoot that, um, and then you've and then you've got kind of a, a movement to your right that so let's let's even say you've got a pretty good movement to your right, but then you've got a target that you're coming in that you're coming in on the move type deal. That would be a situation where I would tr- I would get that reload done early um, because you're because you are rock solid to start and the position that you're coming in on you're going to be rolling into that position and so I want to be ready to shoot there. Yeah. But then let's but let's say you've got a position where you're you're backing out on like you've got a five yard open target seven ten yard open target even and you're you're already initiating that movement and then you're coming let's say you're kind of moving backwards and you've got to come around the wall to shoot something. That would be a situation where I would, since I'm already moving to start it with, uh, I would go ahead and just grab a mag and run, and then and then stuff it in at the end. Um, yeah. So it's it, it, like it like it's so it, to me it's so, so situational dependent on which one works. Um, and I think that I think the the thing to do is to work on don't get where you have to do like one yeah. way becomes so ingrained. Yeah. Um, and that's, I'm a, I'm a little bit in the, because of, because I, I worked so, it's so hard to start with, I'm a little bit ingrained on the get it done early. Um, that kind of happens almost instinctively for me. Yeah. And so there's, uh, I would suggest somebody that's, well, somebody that's a new shooter like me now, uh, that they practice, they practice doing it early. They practice doing it late. They practice doing it in the middle of right. a movement. Um, and to me, the, the middle of the movement is whenever it's, it's a movement that you're not really getting up to a full sprint. Um, but you're, 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 you're moving hard, but maybe not a full sprint. Um, if you're, if you're going, if you're going to be getting up to a full sprint, then that's the way you either do it early or late. Right. And you don't yeah. necessarily do it in the middle. Cause you don't um, want to stop in the middle of that to, to, to do it and then try to speed back up. Yeah. Right. Right. So what I've been working on the last couple of days our, um, when I was out practicing was um, is essentially kind of the same. It's a different topic, but it's the same issue. It's shooting on the move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I think every new shooter comes in and they kind of start hearing people talk about shooting on the move. And then they start hearing that there's this emphasis on how important it is. And um, I, I don't know as far as how I've been doing that in the last couple of matches, but I was like, you know what? I want to focus on that. Um, it's something else I want to kind of bring up to the, to the top of my my agenda and, and focus on that. So I went out and I was shooting some targets and I was making them fairly hard. Cause I mean, anything that's up close is, is kind of, it, it kind of makes more sense, but I'm talking about 15 yard p- open targets. Now we're not talking about a 15 yard partial with the you know, half the A's covered by no shoot that, mm-hmm. that kind of explains itself. Of course, it's always situ- situational dependent on what you got to do after that and what you're doing before it as well. But, um, so I was doing it a lot and I would, I was bouncing around because, you know, when you start moving, you're, you're trying to move fast. And just like, you're, you know, when you're stopping, you're bouncing around as well. Um, and so then I was working on getting low and using my knees as a shock absorber and ball to, ball to, uh, ball to the foot to the toe, uh, heel to the ball. And then I was trying to, you know, <laughs> pop the shots off, um, pop the shots off before the foot hits the ground, all that stuff. And um, and then I would even run the, the scenario where I'd be like, OK, um, run it. And go ahead and try to shoot, you know, I would have a target or two that I would start with from the position. And then I would try to move out on these two, let's say, 15-yard open targets. And I would say, okay, do that. And when you're done shooting, stop. Look where you're at from where you started 
So tr try to figure out how much distance was covered and see if it was slower. So normally it's going to be slower because you're, you, you know, you think you're going to shoot them fast, but you, you find out that it, you process it in real time. That, oh, these are now harder shots. So you kind of go slower. Right. And so it's like, did you cover enough ground to make up for that um, distance? And if not, then is it really worth it? So I've been working on that too. It's kind of like, where do you set, do you, do you give up the time at the beginning or do you give up, give up the time at the end? It's kind of the same deal. Because in another example is you see a lot of people like, um, I've seen some people shooting the other day and this guy had just one target. And he's like, well, I can shoot this target backing up out of position. And it was kind of ingrained that when you can shoot on the move, shoot on the move. Well, it was a somewhat, I think it was a zebra and it was probably about 10 yards and it was through a port. And then the other one, uh, it might have been an open, I can't remember, but it was, I know it was through a port, it was at about 10 yards, And but the target after that was a complete like 180 transition, so he was backing up, shooting it, and then he had to swing all the way around 180 degrees. And you could see that when you would shoot that, it was that, that target was engaged definitely, you know, uh, slower, because it, it was a lot, the, the targets were harder, so it's like, do you give up the time and, do you give up the distance to save the time, or do you give up the time to save the distance? And I would say in a lot of times, it's probably not terribly much more beneficial, if any, uh, for the average shooter to shoot on the move. And again, that, that varies, but you see it a lot where somebody's just like, well, I got to shoot on the move if I can, and I can. But it makes, it, it makes the shots harder. So to gain two steps, to take essentially a second more, I don't know that it's worth it. You also got to clarify that uh, shooting on the move, uh, to a lot of people, that's just initiating moving while breaking your last shot right it's not not necessarily rolling across the stage shooting targets it you know a lot of people think so, of shooting on the move as a soft exit basically or a soft yeah it's a good point that that makes me think of a stage from uh omaha from great plains though we had a basically it was a probably six foot of wall that you had to go around so you shot you started touching the front of the wall at the forward of the shooting box and you put three on each target and it was about six feet around the wall and three on each target on that side well production way to load and so many people were with low cap were trying to make sure that they were continuing moving as they were shooting those three and you drop a couple of charlies doing that and you'd end up shooting a little bit slower and you'd get to the back and then you're doing a load basically right around the corner well I opted to basically, I took a step back on the draw and I shot those stationary because for me it was two steps to then load the gun instead of like trying to load at the back of the wall and shoot the next side. So it's kind of, I think it goes with like everything else in our game is it, it so much depends because for a high cap guy, it made a lot of sense because you basically, you transition off your last target and then you, and then you were ready to shoot the other stuff where low cap, it didn't make a lot of sense to do that. But where Jeff just said there, so much of shooting on the move in the game is actually shooting when you're, you know, basically keeping your momentum going on like a single target or something and not, it's not like you're, everyone thinks like full sprint, just posing bullets at targets and you don't run into that very often. Right. More often than not, it's like keeping your momentum on one or two targets or, or shooting out of a position pretty hard or something like that. So I thought the same thing when I was out there shooting, I guess it was uh, yesterday. And I thought the same thing. I was like, man, you know, you don't really see that. But then I go, well, is that just because of the matches I shoot around here? Um, and I don't travel very very far ever to shoot majors. I've shot, I haven't shot very many majors. And I was like, you know, because if this scenario that I set up, if you could shoot those two targets on a move, it would definitely be beneficial, assuming you had to go somewhere else and they weren't the end of the, the stage or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're making great points. Both of y'all are making, I mean, it's exactly, it's dependent and it's it back to what Jeremy ended on, um, kind of practice everything and then use your experience to know what you can do, uh, what you can accomplish and, um, what makes the best sense for you. But it was something I'm working on. Uh, do you guys shoot much walking backwards? I, you I mean, know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go off of what Jared was saying a minute ago. I've, I used to prioritize that a lot because you it's just kind of that dogma of the new shooter that if you can be shooting while you're moving shoot while you're moving and jared I've, and I've, I've seen the video of that stage jared's talking about and for production jared hits the nail on the head if you back up too far you've made the shots harder i think they were double stack 
papers. So weren't they, Jared? Weren't there? Uh, there was. It was basically a no shoot with a a target sticking up with about four inches of a zone and about six inches sticking down under it. So it you run the risk of now getting a penalty and you know two penalties it maybe uh, and and then if you back up far enough you're at the back of the staying and now you've got a standing reload. You're you're also going to shoot it substantially slower moving Mo- more often than not. Yes. More so often it not. might not it might not seem like much, but let's say you. Let's say you shoot at .05 slower, though. I mean, it's a it's a quarter second right there, and it it cost you a quarter second, and you didn't gain anything. Well, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like, I was seeing how far I got away from the start position, and if it was a step or two, and it you and it made you shoot slower and probably less accurate, then it's not. I was thinking, okay, that's what I was trying to figure out, and I was also but, trying to get better at it, where I could get better at shooting and railing on these targets, so to speak. Um, you know, shooting them pretty sportly while moving pretty good. And, um, of course, at the end of the day went on, I got better at doing it. And I tried to keep changing around so it wasn't something that I just kept repeating and got better because I was repeating it. But, um, you know, again, it always comes back to it depends because if you if you start moving back because you have, say, two targets right in front of you and you start moving back on them, but you getting back three steps puts you to an instant transition to a target that's on your left on you know behind a barrel or something – then that makes a different equation. Yep. So it just, it always depends. Yep. So I find this, to me, this conversation is, is very interesting, given when Jason and Je- and Jared, well, I guess Jeff too, basically kind of when y'all started this sport, because eight, nine years ago, shooting on the move was like the skill to learn. Yeah. And Ben killed that. Because, because Ben sat like, Eight nine years ago, Ben did not shoot anything on the move. He posted up because he was because of all the arguments you're saying. I can shoot faster and more accurately if I do that. I'm not giving up much time to post up, and so he just did that. And shooting on the move, at least for low cap, I, for open, it's always been there. You've got a dot and major, and obviously that's that's a, we're, we're talking more of the low cap and minor type stuff, but. Um, he pretty much killed shooting on the move for for quite a while, and then it's been the last couple of years really that that you've seen Ben and the other top guys really start to shoot on the move a lot more, and it's become a lot more in vogue, um, a lot more popular, and and you see it you see it coming back, but it's it's really dependent on stage design, um, stage designers they can they can set up stages so that if you're shooting all through ports, then shooting on the move is not going to happen, right? But if you if you've got a good stage designer and they put a large open space where you've got several targets kind of spread out, not necessarily in a cluster, then you've got a chance to shoot on the move. To me, where shooting on the move is is where it's really beneficial is is coming in and out of positions. So it's to me it's it's a hard skill to be really hard posted up. So you've got a let's say you've got a 15 yard zebra and a plate. And then you've got to immediately start moving on two open yard targets at like ten yards with a, a bit of a swing. It's hard to transition from that. I'm 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 static posted up, and then I'm and then I'm moving and shooting at the same time. That's a that's a, a difficult thing to. And there's there's a lot of benefit there, but for the most part, shooting on the move. If it's if you're talking three or four targets like in an array, post up and shoot them. Yeah. Because because it's it's too much. But if you've got if you've got a stage where it's like you can shoot on the move and that'll avoid you from having to post up to shoot one target, then then that's where you need the skill of being able to post up. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, of being able to shoot on the move. Um, and Area 3 is kind of notor- notorious for this. There was a stage, there's stage that's always in Bay 1. Um, you've got a, you'll have a ton of movement there. And a lot of times they will put c- kind of targets, if they don't make you stand in a, a tractor tire, They'll put targets kind of in like a middle section there that that you know they're fifteen to twenty yards away often, but they're always open. Um, but it's do you do you slow down? It's a big question. Do you slow down and stop and shoot those? Do you post up or do you kind of roll through them and keep going? Uh, I have a feeling Jeff and I are gonna shoot major low cap. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to roll so, through them and keep going. You know, something like that, though, is a, is a great example, though, too, of the difference between divisions. Like, you start talking that stage in, that, in Bay 1 of that match, that stage is going to be a 
20, 25 second stage probably. So it's not going to have a real high hit factor. Right. So for so for me in production, it's going to be much more important to collect the maximum points there. Like it's you start talking trying to roll through on like a fifteen yard open tar, or open target. You know a a Charlie Delta on those two targets between the two of them. I mean that's a lot of points down for saving very little time. Yeah. So I think the the easy if you're just trying to figure out if you if you should be moving and stuff though. Uh, kind of what you were talking about, though. The important thing is looking at it from the standpoint of what do I gain and what is it costing me? You know, what, what's my essentially what's my risk if I don't do it, or what's it costing me as far as maybe shooting a little slower or something like that, or dropping a few more points compared to what I'm gaining. So that's that's why I referenced that stage from Omaha, though. Is it was one that was to me it was pretty clear cut that it wasn't worth it because you lost a lot and you didn't gain anything. Yeah. Yeah, and I do think, and not to be discriminatory, I think do think this, like, w- when you're talking about this, when you're talking A, B, C class shooters, a lot of times shooting on the move is just not going to be worth it. Like, like because you're shooting slow enough otherwise that, that trying to shoot on the move is not going to help you. Um, it, it really becomes, once your hit factors start going up higher, your time start coming down, and you're really looking yeah. for those those really small gains in times, like you're looking for tenths of seconds here and there. Um, that's where it, that's really where it starts to starts to matter. And so it's a matter of, of where you're at in your shooting as well, uh, whether or not it makes sense. Right. Well, that, that's a great example too, though. Talking about like hit factor, say it's a five hit factor stage. Well, if you drop six points on a couple of targets, shooting them on the move, yeah. did you gain a second? Cause you needed to gain more than a second to make that worth it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where understanding hit factor and your scoring and that stuff really becomes really becomes important in it as well. Okay, that's good. Let's pinch it off. Awesome. Um, everybody go check out the Facebook page. There's not a lot over there, but you could post up some questions if you wanted to. And every time a new episode drops, a link will post there just to let you know it's available. You can either listen to it on Podbean or any other platform. It's pretty much on everything. Um, I think that's yeah, it. post up post up advice for a brand new shooter shooting there. Yeah. Well, let's not say a brand new shooter, but a shooter that's experienced but shooting their first major. What what advice would you give them? We'll, we need to post that question up and see if we yes. get any responses. What advice would you give a brand new shooter like Jeremy? Like Jeremy. Yes. Yep. He's going to shoot his first major, Area 3. He's going against some big heat. That was big my time. first major, too. <laughs> I feel like there's my first mistake is Area 3 being my first major. Like that's <laughs> That would be the first advice I would give is don't make Area 3 your first major, Matt. <laughs> Hey, I got I got third place C class at Area Three my first time. Wow, <laughs> I know I was amazing. Was Naturally talented, you could say. There is a lot of natural talent there. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Oh, stop recording, damn it. <laughs>